Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 65, kicking off June 1st with the most savage man in professional wrestling, PJ Savage. Uh, we'll get to him in one moment. Make sure you check the links below for all things ABJ, as well as merchandise, uh, follow on social media, Patreon. No one's on Patreon right now, so if you jump on the Patreon, that would be dope. Your boy can use all the help he can get right now uh, in the process of moving. So hopefully, maybe by the middle of this month, I'll have a new look, new setup. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on on this end. More content is coming. You can see me at this Friday at the Sanctuary in uh, Fra- uh, yeah, Frackville. Sanctuary in uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania. I'll be, I believe I'll be at Smash Master Wrestling on the 17th, hanging out, helping out there. Uh, Sanctuary once again on the 18th, and then IWA on the 24th. Uh, so I'll have a lot of interaction with my guest here tonight, at least on the 24th, 18th, and maybe Friday. We'll see. We'll talk about it in a second here. But uh, let's get into our sponsor real quick. Uh, I said it before in the last episode. If you guys can go head over to Suplex Vintage Wrestling on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, check out their website. They are the lifeblood keeping this podcast alive. And I'm flying that flag high because uh, without them, I would I would be struggling right now uh, with life and is and keeping this alive and going because these it's, it costs money to do StreamYard. It costs money to do a lot of things, and they're helping out tremendously uh, just in general in life. So huge thank you to those guys. But uh, guys, it has finally happened. A whole store fully dedicated to vintage wrestling, and they say it can never be done, but I have seen it with my own eyes. A vintage, Suplex Vintage Wrestling is a store curated by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. It's located on 5th Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, just one block south of South Street in the heart of Queen Village. Their shop features the largest collection of vintage wrestling apparel under one classic roof, and their uh, selection includes classic designs featuring your favorite wrestlers from the Golden Age, Attitude Era, Internationals, Indies, and more. And if you're tired of watching premium live events at home, SVW hosts the best watch parties since your friend Kyle's birthday party when you were 12 years old. And if and if shirts and watch parties are not your thing, let's not forget their live selection of figures, replica belts, trading cards, and their, their T-shirts and hats from rare wrestling memorabilia. They have something for every wrestling enthusiast out there. So what are you waiting for? Check them out at suplex.svw on Instagram or suplexsvw.com to let them satisfy your nostalgia needs. They just uploaded, I think, like 50 new T-shirts, old school T-shirts on their website. So make sure you go check them out. And uh, before we get into anything, everybody, happy Pride month um i'm I'm not a a member of the community but i'm definitely an ally and we love you all and love is love and you should be able to have all the same rights and freedoms as everybody else and just know on this podcast i'm in your corner and i love you to death so without further ado let's bring in our guest the one i wish i had the sirens to play with it and everything but i don't want any copyright strikes but the one the only pj savage What's going on, my guy? What's up, baby? How you doing? Thank you for having me on, man. It's been a long time overdue. Yeah. Pleasure being on. I'm a little under the weather right now, so we'll, we'll get through it. Oh, man. I hate to hear that. Um, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're traveling a lot, man. You're everywhere. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that that's the goal of it, you know, like to try to get to that next level. Um, I got some international trips of like being planned up. Um, nothing I can announce yet because it's not solid, but uh, that that's the stuff that like I want, I need. Um, Japan is a huge place on my bucket list. Um, there's a lot of connections right now, so I'm just I'm I'm blessed right now. I'm blessed. I really am blessed. Yeah, and it, dude, you're blessed, but also it's your work ethic. You have a very very strong work ethic. Um, I think you've been putting yourself around a lot of good talent, a lot of good people. Iron sharpens iron, and I think you guys are are just tearing your way through this scene and making some huge waves and it's undeniable what you're what, what you're doing as a talent and and the people you're bringing up with you i mean between uh win between iwa between sanctuary between i mean you name it uh titan chosen all of it man like you are you're you're trailblazing right now and you're laying down a path for the next generation to follow behind you and you're doing it with good standards yeah, man, I remember Johnny Rods. I was trained by WWE Hall of Famer Johnny Rods. Um, one of the first things he always told me, he was like, I don't care how good you are, Pop. You could be the best guy here. But if everybody else around you is shit, you're shit. So you have to elevate everybody around you, man. So I remember all the way back from when I was training, I would, like, give my all to the guy that was next to me. There's a couple guys out here that I train, and I know we'll touch on that later on, but just to name a few guys that I have trained, uh, Prince Ahmed, um, Jacko, Bougie, um, Brando Lee, 
oh man, this like there's so many. Johnny Rods had made me the head trainer down there, and it was awesome, bro. It was awesome. Training was like another calling for me, and I can't wait to like enter that next phase of my career where I can open up my own school and just really, really dive into that because you learn so much more when you're training people. So much more. I, I never forget. I still have this lesson to me. It's in part why I'm so happy with uh, Chosen Pro Wrestling because I kind of get to dab back into that teacher moment where it's like, okay, I'm learning a lot. But when you're training guys, like let's say if I got 10 guys in a class and all 10 guys make one mistake, each guy that made one mistake, he's going to go home. He learned one thing. Awesome. I just learned 10 different things. That's where that training aspect came in. That that that's I what I believe really like catapulted my mentality and, and really just my whole gear and my talents to the next level. Well, here's a question for you. I, I used to coach sports back in the day. I, I coached I coached soccer for a very long time. And wrestling is a type of business where one of the questions I always ask is how many people in your training class are still here? Right? Because this is not an easy business. And not many people even make it out of the training. Thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. It, it, you should know you're going to learn real quick whether this is for you or not. But as a trainer, do you look at like, all right, if I have 10 people, I want at least an 85, like a, a number in your head of like, I want these people to stay. I'm going to try to help them through it because it's, it's, I think sometimes in schools are just like, and I'm not putting anything out there. I'm not saying anything bad, but it seems like some schools are just like, cool. Thank you for the money. If you quit tomorrow, I still got your check. Or do you want to be that school that turns around and says, like, you look at the creative approach, you look at the Johnny Rod, you look at these schools that like people have come through, and there's a lineage of look who's made it to the next level beyond our school because they stuck around. Yeah, exactly. No, that that's the mentality that you, that you need to have. I have one thing that that in particular really sticks out with me is not how many guys are still doing it, how many guys are doing it well, how many yeah. guys are doing that at a high level, a main event level, how many guys are still cooking, but you could tell they're going to grow and be something special. That's huge. That's why Creative Pro is so so special. Because look at all the guys that they have right now that literally catapulted to the top of the game. Like I remember three years ago, half of those guys were just doing regular indie shows. They were out here. That was right before I hit the scene. And now it's like, okay, there's a three year three world. They had three world champions, one current and two tag team. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's pretty awesome. And then you see the influx of the school. You see a lot of talent over there now that's in, it's coming out. Um, one of the things that Johnny always taught me though was. Not everyone's going to make it. Wrestling, training in wrestling is almost like baseball. You're going to get three out of ten. If you're batting 300, you're doing pretty well. But how you fix that is, all right, the seven guys that just struck out, what else can they do? Can they be a commentator? Can they be a referee? Can they be a backstage announcer? Can he run the lights? Can he run the camera? There's ways to train people to make sure that they're in the business. Because not everyone's going to be able to do what what we do in, in the middle of that ring. Not everyone's yeah. going to do it. So, but it's how you retain and keep some of those guys so they grow in other areas of the business. Absolutely. So, oh, I got uh, geeking out. Metal Geek says women's champion Chris Statlander. I forgot she was creative oh, pro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's another she one. Right now. And listen, Johnny Rod's got himself a, 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 a female world champion in his corner. The first yeah. ever GCW yeah. world champion. Masha. Right Masha. Slam of it. I love her. She's, killing she's the game, so, so talented. Absolutely I've been in her. Yo, I saw It's funny. So Sanctuary, that's where we kind of met. And I remember I used to, like, way back, uh, I, 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 I got my Masha exposure through Camp Leapfrog. And I remember going to the sanctuary. I was like, yo, there's this girl in the scene who's going to kill it. Like, she's so, so good. And everyone's just kind of sitting around and we're just talking wrestling like we do. And I was like, her name is Masha. And Johnny, uh, not uh, not Johnny, but what, well, Billy Walker looks over and goes, Papa, she's, she's, she's one of ours. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> you surprised me. You You'd be surprised at, at so many guys that are like really, really good out here. Mm. You just don't even know that they're Johnny guys, and we're Johnny guys. You know who's you know who shocked me the most? Abs. Yeah, yeah. Abs is another <laughs> one that's cut from that cloth, man. Man, Abs grinded. I I love Abs so much. He's such a lovable person. He went through it. Like he went through that grind. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he went through fighting for respect, coming out of a school that's like we're tough. Like we're as tough as you can get. Like, we're going to put each other through hell. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to politic against each other. Johnny's going to make everybody play the game. And, like, Abs, Abs was, was pulling. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was grinding out, and he stood tall. And then he decided to hit the Indies. I remember that's he was the one that put Camp Leafrog on my map. That was right before yeah. I hit the Indies. I saw Darius Carter. I saw a lot of guys doing Camp Leafrog. And that was 
one of my influences on hitting the Indies. So, but Abs is one of those guys that I got a lot of respect from. I love that dude, man. Yeah, and I mean, most people that come out of that school are like killers. Like they'll like you're gonna like you and like listen, don't get me wrong. If Abs wants to flip a switch, that dude can become a killer. Yeah, everyone, 100%. everyone should be happy he's doing comedy. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. There was a group of guys that we called them Cowboys kids. If you were a cowboy kid, oh, you you got it the worst. And he was a cowboy kid for a while, so like that shows you like. He he went through it. He put up with it. He got his ass beat. He came out the other side, and he he's, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, so good. So, what was your earliest memory of professional wrestling that you've seen it, and you're like, oh, this is what I want? Well, shit, man. I remember uh, my first wrestling show was a uh, WrestleMania 10 in the Garden. Like my first ever wrestling show. I've never seen wrestling in the Garden. Never seen it. Oh, you get it's it's so different, man. That that's why I like I rep New York so hard. Because, like, I'm a part of the culture. I grew up in it. Like, my uncles used to go downtown to the garden. My uncles were the ones that really, like, introduced me into shows. My grandmother was the reason I started watching it. I used to watch AAA and CMLL on Wednesdays and Telemundo with her. And then we used to watch Saturday Night, WCW show. We, My grandmother was heavily into it. And she's the one that, like, my main focus of getting into wrestling. But my uncles got me into the culture. Like, they would take me down to the garden, even though they didn't even have tickets. And they would take trade with all the ECW marks. Mm. That's all that was there, which is ECW fans that can't get into the building. So everybody's just like, you know, fuck the establishment. And I'm a little four or five-year-old kid just soaking that in, man. Like, I was in there, brother. I was in there watching all Japan tapes, watching FWF tapes. Like, it was insane, bro. Like, it was insane. That's where I got introduced to a lot of the Japanese stuff. I was like six, seven years old watching Japanese death matches in my house crazy i i was so sheltered from that man i didn't experience any of it until my adulthood i was a wwf only kid and i say f i was a wwf i i watched it go from f to e and then the wcw and the attitude era and i was like i went to a buddy's house and uh he was he was flipping back and forth on uh, between raw and nitro and i said you hit that remote one more time i'm going home i'm never i as a kid though as a kid i actually enjoyed the wcw pay-per-views I, I, now I'm appreciating him now watching it later, but during the era, I was I was anti AEW. Like you know how people are now AEW yeah, and WWE, yeah. and like don't be that way. I'm telling you now as no, a fan, enjoy it all, enjoy everything because I'm not saying don't be loyal to a brand or a company, but it's the talent you should be watching, not so much yeah. the logo of the company. Check out the talent. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I got into all that, man. I was a heavy ECW fan and going to the Garden so young. I remember them hosting up Bret Hart. I was like a Bret Hart mark. Like that was my John Cena, Cody Rhodes today. I was a Sean guy, so I was the anti. The oh, I was the Bret guy. I was Bret like everything was Bret. I remember crying, seeing Bret lose at the beginning of the show to Owen. And then all of a sudden he won the belt at the end. Like it was just a ride, a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> it was so awesome, bro. Those things just stick with you. But one of the moments that will always like forever stay with me, um, I would say this is like the defining moment of me going, I want to do this. Was uh, I was at the Garden in 2002 when Triple H came back. Mm. A jean jacket, Hercules, Triple H. And like, I'm getting goosebumps right now, getting goosebumps. I never heard anything like that in my life, still to this day. Just the raw reaction that he got. It was like, I want to make these same people that I know, that I grow up with, that I'm watching tape trade, and now I'm becoming one of these little teenage brats tape trading in front of the arena, doing all that crazy shit. And they just marked out for Triple H. And at the time, I didn't even get it. It was like he was just gone, but he was just such a badass, and he was back. And, oh, God, that reaction he got and the emotion he filled up the, the garden with, I still say it has to be one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. Yeah. That was the moment for me that I was like, I, I got to do this. That's well, you kind of you kind of had a moment like that recently. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the crowd – back in the day, the crowds were a lot smaller, and then you came back to a little bit of a bigger crowd and a little bit of ovation, but I felt we sold it well on commentary, but your return to the sanctuary. I kind of, I kind of had that, that triple H vibe when the horn set and we kind of like, saw like, Oh my God, he's back. You know what I mean? kind of giving you that at the, at the stampede of like the return of Savage to the season 13. That was so cool, man. Like I got to touch on the sanctuary. Sanctuary gave me a home um, when I left Gleason's because everybody knows what happens when you leave Gleason's. If you don't know, you don't get blackballed, but you kind of get blackballed. It's, it's like it's a black eye. He doesn't want too many cooks in the kitchen, but at some point you kind of just got to go. I got to leave the coop. Mm-hmm. I got to grow. And um, he gets over it. But uh, 
Sanctuary was the first place that I ever trained in that wasn't Gleason's. And just the ambiance, the, the cold air, the breathing, and seeing your breath in the air, you're taking bumps, and you're training, you're going over things, and then Trotsky. Trotsky is the reason my promos are the way they are now. A lot of people don't know that. Um, Trotsky honed my promo game down. Like, I remember Johnny used to subdue my voice, and I used to have a very commercial voice because, you know, he, Johnny used to do very old-school promos, NWA kind of promos, where mm-hmm. you stand with the background with an announcer holding the microphone, and that's how you practice. That's how you get your reps in. Trotsky was like, no, this is Monday Night Raw. You're going to stand in the middle of the ring, act like you have a mic, or act like you don't, and just go. And who said you can't yell? Go. Do it. Let be you. Let it come out. And I was like, Ooh, that was the, that's when I came up with the whole unleashed and untrained moniker because that was truly what I felt. I felt like I was finally unleashed. I was finally the chains were off, mm-hmm. and I owe Trotsky a lot of the direction of the PG Savage character when it comes from the promo side. Yeah, well, what well, what let's kind of before we get into the, the the Johnny Rods thing, we'll just kind of stay on that topic. Like everyone on the scene knows you guys as the takeover, and everyone has now finally seen what we got to. F- witness for an entire season in, in a church that not many people seen the beginning stages of and that was the walker clan that was that yeah. was you guys coming in and, and establishing that rivalry and building that that camaraderie together and learning how to put that team together and then yeah. once you guys unleash that team on the independent scene everyone was kind of like what is this and i was like bro you have no idea i've been i've been lucky go. enough to call this action for the last year and a half you guys are now getting the full Monty of what's about to go down. We honed so much at the sanctuary. That's why it felt so good to come back. I remember Trotsky had put up a post, and we I just took a year hiatus mm-hmm. from the sanctuary just to do more stuff, just to get out. And um, that year hiatus was there, but when he was like, who, who wants to come back? And I was like, me. I hit him up, said, let's make it happen. He said, no problem. And he gave me the dates. And that was just like... I felt welcome back in, you know, like that that was just home for me. It was a second home for me. So it was special being back in that place. That place and when we were there honing that 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 knife, we were sharpening that knife over there as the Walker clan, there was a lot to look up over there. You had Moran who was really finding his groove as like a top guy, kinda a heel, and he was finding his way champion. And then you had Ace. Like Ace Austin was just peeking his head in and that those locker room speeches that Trotsky and Ace used to give. And it was like just being there and just staring at Ace, like, I want to wrestle you so bad. Like, just being in this environment with you makes me want you more. And I'll never forget the ending of uh, that first, that season that we were there. That Avengers shit. Oh, God, it was so good. <laughs> so good. It was so good. Like, jumping over the top me. rope. You guys all brawling. Oh, God. There's a moment, though. There's a moment. I had told all of them. There's There was this weird thing with me and Ace. We always used to stare at each other. Because, you know, it's just a wrestler kind of Johnny Rods kind of thing where it was like, let somebody know you're coming from afar. I used to stare a hole at Ace. He was it. He was the package. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember right before he was coming out, they all came out and they're all standing there. And uh, I think it was Ahmed or Jack Jacob. And he looks at me and goes, you and Ace are staring holes at each other. Daggers straight into each other. So, like, we know what we're gonna do right now, but all oh, this, there's so much untapped right here, and it was just raw, and it was just great for my confidence and my growth just to be in that same environment as it's. Mm-hmm. It was awesome, man. Like that, people don't understand. They don't understand. And then when Takeover hit the scene, it was just a whole different monster, and they ended up having our own show. Like it was, where did this come from? You guys didn't watch Sanctuary. Yeah. You saw Sanctuary, you would have saw where all the swag and the confidence came from. Yeah, uh, the faceless ones as a tag team. You were you were kind. Of, so here's an interesting thing too with the Sanctuary, and I'm not saying this as a knock at all, but like during your Sanctuary season, you were kind of like the muscle, but like almost kind of like where faces now as a solo guy, where he's yes. kind of like not going for a championship yet because he's right there. But you were kind of like that guy, like you you didn't peek at the title, but you were you were the you were the guy just beating the shit out of everybody in the company. And if there was a big guy, you guys were locking horns. And yep. then when you and then you got out of the sanctuary, then you became that top guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you're coming back to the sanctuary. And and listen, uh, the 18th, you're going for the title. You and Andre yeah. Polino are going. So you kind of have you you left as like that top mid Carter, just right underneath the belt. Left did your thing, came back, and now you're like, I want that title. 
This yeah. is what I wanted. One hundred percent. I want that cross around my waist. There's no yeah. doubt about that. There's so much lineage with that title. It was a reason I went to the sanctuary. I was I was a Johnny guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I drank the Kool Aid. I was not leaving ever. Corona changed a lot of things, and um, I had no choice. But it was like if I'm gonna go anywhere, I'm gonna drive two and a half hours to sanctuary. That's where I'm going. And I knew Masha was up there a lot, so it was like all right. I got the the path, and that's the one thing about all of us. Like. I feel like a lot of wrestlers need to just see who's successful. Look at the path that they're laying out. Everybody's laying out a path for you. Yeah, we all have our own path, but you could follow someone's path and go, all right, well, all right, this took them there. Let me go there. Let me see if there's something similar for me. And if it ain't, it ain't. But if it is, it is. Like, I grew in two years at Sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like you said. We all did. Carter, my voice wasn't there yet. I, I didn't find my promo voice. I wanted to be the guy, but I wasn't the guy yet, and I had to respect that line. And now it's like I'm not respecting nothing because I'm that guy now. Yeah. And it's great just to come in with that confidence and tell stories like that. Like the story that we just told with Roxas, like I'm the one that's bringing him into the Walker clan. That's a very Gleason's thing to do. Like we, yeah. we called it corners. We called it brotherhood time where you one person would just stay in the middle and just gets ass beat. And that's jumping in. Yeah, bro. And it's, tell, who wants it next? Yeah. <laughs> Rox is well, lucky with only one guy. <laughs> we we kind of said before the show started, me and Trotsky were talking. He's like, we both see something in Roxas. And he, he's very talented in the ring. He's very good. He has a good – everything's there. But what's that one thing he's missing? And we were just kind of looking, and, 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 and that was when the conversation came up, like, what if he gets initiated into the Walker clan? Like, he kind of sided with them during the Rumble, nope. but, like, but he has to earn it. And I was like, he has to go in there and get his ass kicked tonight. And that's literally what, like, you know what I mean? Like, it felt, you know, it was so great because I'm just a sucker for stories. And there was a moment, man, like where things got a little uncomfortable. There was a hush, like a silent hush. It felt like New Japan where people were just quiet. Yeah. We were watching and it got real quiet. And I was laying in the Roxas. I was laying it into him and it got real uncomfortable. But it was so good for the story that was being told. Mm-hmm. And then Trotsky, when he threw the miking, I caught it, had my Roman Reigns. That was a great catch. That was a great yeah, catch. He said it on commentary. It was a great catch. <laughs> I was like, Yo, things are aligning. Like, things never align this perfectly. Yeah. It, it was, it's just awesome. It's awesome to be back there. Yeah. It, it goes along with my history and my story and my upbringing and coming onto the scene. So I'm Dude, I, I think – I think a lot of my commentary chops to, to you guys, all of you guys, you know, the whole crew, Walker's clan coming in because like Sanctuary was was dope, right? Like we had the we had Andre, we had we had uh, Jordan, we had uh, Hawthorne, we had all these amazing talent and the next generation coming up and then you guys coming in just add another layer. And it was my first really year on commentary and I got to work with Pete, who I think is the top in the industry. And I really got to, make it my own with pete and then just kind of like i w like i will say right now like iwa is reaping the benefits of the sanctuary a little bit because like me and pete are there with you guys and we can we're kind of continuing those stories and we know how to call your matches how to do everything and it's just like that that was a very special year for me in this industry in that business and i owe a lot of it to the sanctuary and then you guys coming in and doing your thing because i felt like it was it was just like a great building point and look where it's at now man the, the whole the end like it changed so much for that building and for the next generation coming in and now people are coming in and they're they're consuming the content yeah, the, crowds, the crowds are filling up in there that feels so, awesome yeah, just so much the fun. crowds come in and it was like, i remember that first year there and Trotsky said well, i don't care if we're working in front of one person you're working for the camera and a lot of that times changed. it's gonna be true, man. It'll be three or four or five people in there. We just be like, ah, oh, it's just far in PA. Like, who's gonna come over here? And now it's filling up, and it's like, where the hell are these people coming from? No, you know what the you know what the secret to professional wrestling is, and that's just what I'm gonna tell everybody. You need if you're in a community and you're running a wrestling show, you need to lock into one demographic because yeah. if you get this demographic, your shows are gonna be lit because they are gonna be the most fun fans you're ever gonna have. You need the Spanish community. Bring yeah. the Spanish community into your wrestling shows, yeah. and it, the rest is history. I, Look at IWA, I, man. Look at no, IWA. They are the most fun. And then, it's like, all the nut house for a reason, you know? Like, it's, 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 a, it's crazy. crazy. Bring the Spanish. Like, and then Backlash. Look at Backlash. Like, Puerto Rico is hungry for professional wrestling, and you got to experience that firsthand. Yeah, I wrestled in Puerto Rico the week before Backlash. Literally, the week before. Um, I was out there at a uh, promotion called CWA. I was representing uh, SAT because I'm now with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who 
are basically my trainers and mentors now. Uh, the Spanish announce team, the Maximos, Joel, Jose. Amazing. I'm, I'm pretty lucky the stock that I'm getting to learn from, you know, I get to go from Johnny Ross to Trotsky to the SAT. It's a, it's a pretty special road that I'm on. But uh, they sent me out to Puerto Rico, and it was like, oh, God. Just wrestling in front of that crowd was so different. It was so different. They bit into everything. They wanted to be around everything. They wanted to be involved, and they were just going, dudo, dudo. They wanted more. They like, And you don't have to do much as a performer. You can just go out there and just hit hard. Once you're hitting hard, they're going to be bound into it because it looks real. Mm-hmm. That, that's, and that's the Walker clan style. That's what we bred off of, being real. Making you question, like, oh man, is like, what's going on here? Suspend your belief for just a second. Now we got you. Um, and Puerto Rico just eats that up. So just seeing, I'm not surprised what I saw the following week at Backlash, and that just shows there needs to be more going on. Uh, I will say Puerto Rico has a very tough politicking system over there. It's very hard for them to open up to outsiders. Like I kid you not, me and uh, so I tore the house down with Joey Conway. Joey Conway, me and him went one-on-one the first night. And the crowd was insane. Like, they knew none of us when we were coming out. And just expect it. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a performer, I always listen to Sami Zayn. Everywhere you go, prepare yourself for no one to know you when you walk out that curtain. So I did that. But it shakes your nerves a little bit. You know, no one's reacting. No one's saying anything. And I kid you not. I kid you not, Anthony. At the end of the match, they were chanting Savage as loud as it can be. And it was like, they didn't even know my name was Savage. Yeah, I wear it on my shirt. But, like, it was like to get that chant, to walk out like that, that was awesome, man. And then the heat that Conway got. But then we walked back to the curtain, and it was, it was a lot of jealousy. It was a lot of, like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we should never put them on at this point. Maybe we should never did this. Oh, you guys can't do stuff like that. You burned out the crowd. And it's very good for me to learn because, like, you go to Mexico, you go to Japan, you got to respect the line. When we're in New York, the Northeast scene, I don't care if you're first, second, third, last. Kill it. I'm killing it. Follow <laughs> it. Follow that. No, I, love, I love the Northeast scene because Jersey, PA, and New York are all the same. Yo, the number one match can be just as good as the main event because everyone's going out there and going off. When we first went to Invictus, when I first started cutting my chops at Invictus, um, they had put me versus John in the pre-show. And me and John looked at each other, a little disrespect, because we wanted to be on the main show. You know, we always carry chips on our shoulders. And we was like, we're going to have a match at night. We're going to have a match at night. Watch, we're going to kill it. And we did. Yeah. We did 100% have a match at night on a pre-show. But you can't do that anywhere else. You come into New York or New Jersey or PA, like you said, Connecticut, Massachusetts, very the same way. You get to go out there and you get to destroy that house. And it's up to those guys behind you. I feel like that makes for so much more competition and you have to work for stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just have to work for the reactions. You got to work to get everything out of people. That's the best way to work for me. Dude, some it. of the sometimes after shows, man, I am mentally exhausted calling shows because like you're posted range your emotion, but when your first match is your is is bad, and then the next dude at the end of it, I'm like mentally exhausted because I I went through a whole range of emotions of sad of excitement. I think the most ex- exhausted between two companies that I've ever been ever is is IWA and the Sanctuary. Like I've left both those shows almost emotional, like cried at a match at one time, yeah. like because like because you have to you have to buy into what you're going and it's just it's beautiful but one first question in the chat i love this gaming with justin says pj is it wrestling at the sanctuary is it difficult wrestling without the bottom rope no no very easy no no one ever never no one ever puts him in a submission that he has to reach for it yeah no and and not (laughs) even that like we usually don't even i mean on the wrestling scene in general yeah for rope breaks and things like that but it's very rare you see someone use the the bottom rope I mean, there's some guys like High Flyers, like Smiley uses every kind of piece of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of those guys. But there's so many. I, I don't use the ropes hardly. <laughs> like, if I use the ropes, is to come off as hard as I can to hit you in your mouth. Yeah. So, <laughs> the bottom rope doesn't affect. I actually like the way it looks on camera. I actually yeah. love the way it looks. Yeah, it's a, you get a better shot. Um, so we had a little conversation at the Sanctuary. Let's dive into this a little bit. Because, once again, I think I think uh, there's a lot going on in the scene. There's, there's, some, there's some turmoil between this t- team that we talked about uh, that's going on right now, between yeah. you and Jocko and Face and, and, and Bougie and, and all these guys. So, like, let's let's dive into it. You guys, you guys come here. You guys 
forge a path and then you go out on your own and then a little <sighs> deception in the ranks i guess you would say everybody wants that top yeah. spot yeah I, takeover versus stp presented by invictus was like the stake the, the, just the last nail in the coffin for us um egos just group and i used to tell people i used to tell you guys commentary um we're not i'm not the leader we have a hive mind mm-hmm. pete loved that line i got that from some weird show i was watching some movie i was watching i was like this is perfect but i had to come up with that for a reason because i knew there was some guys behind the curtain just like they didn't like the fact that i was the leader everywhere we went and um that's normal in wrestling and that was the whole point of takeover so everyone's going to visualize the fans and the audience are going to visualize a group and they're going to they're going to rank them yes like you know what i mean that's not even uh something uh, you, as a team you can all say we're the horsemen but someone's going to be flair you're going to look at flair yeah exactly you're going to look at flair and i was that guy that was the flair i was the guy and then when every company we went to i would end up being in the heavyweight championship matches the the spotlight matches the story was kind of centered around me a lot of the backstage stuff is where it went wrong where um a lot of promoters and i'm not going to call them out a lot of promoters would reach out to me regarding their bookings Mm. that's where it got iffy but that wasn't my fault you know what i'm saying like it's not my fault and fucking bougie bougie says this all the time i'm the john cena i'm the pro i'm gonna come and i'm gonna do everything by the book to the letter i'm gonna hit every single bullet point because i am that's just what johnny taught me to be um he always told me whenever you see a top guy or somebody who took over the business like look at john cena he became the next stone cold and he's cookie cutter mm-hmm. but there's something he's got to be doing he takes shit and turns it into gold um you follow the top guy and you do everything he does almost like what i said earlier where you follow someone else's path and i i am that guy i'm that John Cena and, and Bougie's not. Bougie's the exact opposite of that. Face doesn't really care. Face just wants he's, he just wants blood. He just wants shows up. He just wants to show up, beat somebody up, get a cool clip, and maybe take <laughs> home a milf. Like that's just face. That's it. Um <laughs> Jacko, Jacko's a weird one, man, because I remember coming up in Gleason's Jacko was supposed to be the next guy. He never really knew this. He was supposed to be the next guy. Um, but he would yeah. always kind of, it was like any little thing would like deter his confidence. And mm-hmm. that when your teacher's watching that, when your Johnny Rods is looking at that and they go, damn, anything breaks him down. I can't really put stock into him. And then every time he would build himself back up, they would throw wrenches at him on purpose and it would break him down again. And they'll go, oh, we kind of have to stay away. That ended up like just breaking him down. You know what I'm saying? Like his confidence was really shaken up for a while. Um, and Things got heated between the group. It always does. We're the group. We always knew the breakup was going to happen sooner or later. We always used to joke around and say, John's going hit, to hit one of us with a belt. We always used to joke around and say, it, and look, it happened. But what ultimately came down to it behind the curtain was no one liked to be second fiddle to me anymore. It was like almost everything's about PJ. And I remember, I'm not going to say the name. We went to go train with some guys, high-profile guys. And this is where I knew it was the end. And the takeover guys are going to laugh at this if they're watching. So I've never said this to them publicly. Um, we were there training with some guys and going over. And these guys, high-level guys, looked at John, looked at Face, looked at Jacob. PJ, is your meal ticket. Do whatever you got to do to get him to the dance because he's going to let you into the door. And you're going to shine. But get behind him and elevate him because it's already happening. When they said that and I saw the guy's face, I was like, takeover's done. (laughs) Takeover's done. Done. This is fucked up. It's done. It's finished. It's over. It's over. Because, like, I'm not going to shy away and I'm not going to lower my level for anybody yeah. they knew that that's what takeover was takeover again to give you the backstory on it takeover was a group of almost nine guys we were all johnny guys it's nine different guys have takeover logos like tonight at eight o'clock my face promo drops 
you're going to see the Savage TakeOver logo. Um, Bougie has one. The Faces ones have one. There's other guys that have one. There were other guys in the group TakeOver. And I'll just put it out there right now. Prince Ahmed was one of those members. He was TakeOver. Um, Matthew Banks. from uh, he's Now he's in the New Japan Dojo. He was in TakeOver. Uh, Psycho Pump. You know him as Psycho Pump. Mm-hmm. He was in TakeOver. And there was a couple other guys. And the group was just stacked. But it wasn't supposed to be an on-screen group. It was supposed to be a group that, like, you see me a lot of my earlier matches on the independency. You see me yell take over a lot. I'll stand you're, on the you're, you're your own version of the click. Yes. The click was never exactly. supposed to be seen as the click. But exactly. the click got each other's back, and they would help each other get their bookings and what they had to do. Exactly. And what, hap- what ended up happening was, so you're going to see this in part two of the mean face promo. Um, that's going to dive into the history of TakeOver. Um, the group was supposed to be me, Jacko, and Face. Mm-hmm. The on-screen group. Um, that was always the case. There's old pictures and Gleasons. There's that was it was supposed to be just us three, and then the other guys were gonna do something different, and we were to click, you know. And uh, we ended up at IWA one day, and John was just always traveling with us. He was just always with us because that's what we did. And whatever show I was at, that's how I got him into Invictus. I went to. I was, Invited to a Rising Star Rumble, showed up, and I showed them my boys, you know, and then I would go to the promoter. Hey, you know, if you got an extra spot, my guys are more than worthy of having it. Um, if not, they're gonna help out, they're gonna do the ring, and we'll go home on our merry way. Like that's the John Cena, you know what I'm saying? And uh so at IWA, me and uh the faces ones finally came together. Um, we were a team, they helped me beat up somebody. Following show, we show up, and uh, the promoter at the time, the booker at the time at IWA goes, John's always with you guys, right? I'm like, yeah, but at this time, I'm already fighting John everywhere. Because yeah. the other thing we were doing, like, well, I know me and you can have bangers, so let's, you know, put the work together. And, and some, sometimes sometimes real real animosity is sometimes right, writes its best stories. It works, man. When you throw a stake in front of two pit bulls and you see them fight it out, you're going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what me and John always was. We was always, all right, we'll help each other climb to the top of the ladder, but when we're at the top, it's down to me and you. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we show up at IWA, and then the promoter goes, uh, we're going to put him with take with, with TakeOver. And you can see me, Jacob, and Face look at each other like, I want the plan. Can it work? Too late. It's going to work now. And we got an extra guy. And the way we looked at it was this was on-screen time for us. We're going to come out with each other on every entrance. So now three people, one tag, the four people, one tag team, and two singles guys. That's three times we get to come out to the curtain, come out to our music, come out and make a statement, make people look at us, make people see us. We That was, that was our little inside of way of trying to just get over, you know what I'm saying? So and we was like, to hell with it. Why not? And that's where the group kind of took off. But then again, that was the ending of the group. It's what yeah. we left a lot of money on the table. Yeah, because the, the way it works is a lot of people try this on the indie scene where they said, hey, we're, we're, we're going to roll with our boys. We're going to do our thing. And I love that for the independent scene. When you come with a car full of people, those car full of people should be your ride or dies. You should be trying to help each other out. You should be trying to do all that. And you should be trying to better each other. Um, and this is what I told you in private. And I'll, we'll say it here now is is. The ego, I understand where the egos come from, but big picture, and I hope every like most of the takeover, spoiler alert, is gonna be on this month. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? All yeah. except one, because one just doesn't talk. I just I can't do anything with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love right. him to death. Yeah, but, but um but sure there might be that hierarchy, right? Like because you're like you said, you're the businessman, you're the guy who's gonna talk to them, you guys are gonna make sure that the bookings go through that. That's 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 it is what it is. We all know Bougie outside of this. He sucks at being that droll. He's terrible at it. He shows up late. He comes and does what he wants, and then he dips. You know what I mean? It, I love Bougie, but that's what Bougie does. I used to hate them, bro. I used to hate them. I used to get at them every time. We used to show up late just because they want to stop at gas stations. I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we, we're supposed to be there an hour early, at least, at least, yeah. bro. And yeah. that's just me still being late. And then after the matches, I'm sorry, Bougie. He was like, can we leave? <laughs> I didn't even yeah. wrestle yet. Yeah. Like, where are you going? 
All right, hurry up, bro. Hurry up. Cut it short. Cut it short. Like, come on, man. Yep. We're supposed to stay to the end. We're supposed to, you know, put in our work. And it, it it's just people are cut differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. What's not wrong with it? It's just he's cut from a different cloth. Yeah. But when you guys would roll up and you do that story, and it worked at so many places because it was believable. When you walk out together, it, it, it no matter who's on the roster, unless you got six, you got six big shows, you guys walk in. It's not a not a believable thing that you're going to take this shit over and do something about it. You know what I mean? And that's a division. People love faction rivalries and like yeah. like the company rivaling against the the new takeover. Like we're coming in and we're taking your shit. Do something about it. And that is it will always work in professional wrestling. But what what I I, I what bummed me out the most about the the egos and how everything broke down because I've seen it from a distance is everyone needs to realize like sure the fans are going to rank you guys in a certain thing but every single one of you guys in that stable are main event guys you're all top guys what happens is when the takeover comes into your company whoever they whoever you think are your top guys of this insert company name here they have just all been bumped down five spots exactly that was exactly and that's the truth And, and and if you want to be in a higher regard of the takeover then fight them for it and that's what makes the takeover beautiful. And that's what made the take like everyone might go. So might go, and I'm just saying this as an example, like, oh, it's 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 savage, it's bougie, it's face, it's Jocko. But at the end of the day, Jocko can easily be the top guy in that spot too. And and he's proven that the last IWA show. You guys went out there and killed it. Bro, it was powerful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 special. It's special what all of you are doing. And and like I said, there's a lot of money out there. It, so the grand plan for me, because I never do anything without making a grand plan, and I'm always about like branding and trying to get out there. That's why I always have my Savage logo. You always mm-hmm. see them blasted in your face, because um, I wanted to grow, I wanted to be big, I wanted to become something. And uh, I was like, well, I'm taking on the secondary logo, I'm taking on the takeover logo. How can we turn this into the NWO logo? Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like an NWO Bullet Club. Yeah, exactly. And the big goal for me was like, all right, we need to be respected. I know we can hang with guys because we just have that talent. Like you said, you might think you're the top guy, but the moment we walk in, everybody's uneasy because they know they're not anymore. We just come in with a different swag. We come in different to confidence. We already know we are, we are the show. Mm-hmm. No one's going to get a lot of reaction. Like that's our mentality. Well, hey, so, well, not to cut you off real quick. So I seen that I seen that sanctuary. I came in late when you guys already dominated IWA. I came in as a replacement and then just kind of stuck around. Um, the first time I really seen you guys go into a company where it was my first time being there, you guys are still kind of new to the company. And from every single spot in the card, and it was a stacked card, stacked, 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 stacked. I show up. I quite honestly, I love all you guys, but I came for one match on that card, and none of you were in it. But by the end of the show, every single member of the takeover earned the top spot of that show and that was win in new jersey that night wrestlemania weekend face went in their opening match place went nuts tore the house down jocko was in the scramble by the end of it everybody was chatting jocko and the rest of the people in that match then then the six-man tag that i was there for obviously did it because it's that six-man tag was unbelievable but then the main event happened and then i seen conway for the first time wrestle and i know he's not a takeover member but goddamn, if you can put Conway in any single match with any single member of TakeOver, it's just money. It's money. I want to watch him wrestle every single one of you. Because he steps up to the plate. He's so good. That's what I love about Conway. Like, Conway, he'll look at me. And me and him, we bonded a lot in Puerto Rico because we were out there together. And me and him, we talked. And we was like, yeah, there was a professional disdain for each other. There was a person who, like, well, you know, what's this guy got that I don't? Why are you on front of posters at this company? I'm at the front of those of those companies. What's gonna happen when we mix? And brother, it was just it was just like me and him we gel because we are those two pit bulls yeah. that want it. And I'll never forget it. Never, he didn't know what he was walking into at Richfield. Conway lives into it, he lives in a little world of his own and YWC does his thing and he he focuses on what he's doing. He doesn't really focus on the outside of the scene too much. And they didn't really know what I am at Richfield. That's like fucking CM Punk coming out in Chicago. Like Richfield's going to have some fun with me. You know what I'm saying? And um, or behind the curtain, he heard the reaction. First, he heard the reaction that Jacko got. And then the match, like you said, everybody was going crazy for Jacko. He goes, brother, if you get anywhere near that, we're going to have an easy night. And I looked at him and I go, you have no fucking clue what you're up for. 
if you just ask me that, you got no fucking clue. And when we came out, after I came out, got in the ring, and he looked at me, he goes, I feel it. Mm-hmm. Different. Different the level. only the, I literally said, because he was he was spectacular in that match, but I literally said to the SAT and Paul Loria at that point, I go, you know what the only disadvantage of this match is? I think you wasted a, a debut of a character because I don't think I, I don't think you have yeah. two monsters in this ring that are not going to sell to this character, and not because they don't want to. Just it just doesn't it didn't work. It's just the character, it's hard. It's hard to especially when you're like this is the first main event of this company. I'm gonna bring that big fight feel. Yeah. No matter what, you're gonna call the match the big fight. Like I'm coming in and then there was an added chip on the shoulder. WrestleMania weekend in LA. Rumor has it they wasn't booking East Coast guys. So there was a lot of stuff on the table for me that actually got pulled off. Mm-hmm. Fine. So I had that chip on my shoulder, not even knowing the same thing happened to Conway. So I think, the, yeah. I think the only guy who really made it out there was besides like the main GCW crew was Darius Carter. He had a big Darius was the only East, uh, East Coast guy that ended yeah. up making it out there. And I get it, bro. I get it. It's you're trying to put on your local guys and you're trying to put on for your scenes. The same thing I, I'm going to do next year for Philly. But like I'm, I'm going to take over for Philly. But we'll talk about that. So. It was that chip on our shoulder, and I found out the same thing happened to Conway. So, me and him are looking at each other, and we're going, "You didn't get booked either, huh?" Nope. Oh, this is our mania weekend. Mm-hmm. This is it right here. So, like, goddamn man, like I get the goosebumps right now. Just that feeling, that main event fight coming out first of the company. Chavo wasn't in the match. We thought they were gonna pull it out from being the main event. We thought we were gonna open up the show or do first half main, and they still gave us the responsibility of holding down the main event. And that was just, you know how much that means to me, being a main event. Like, that's everything I got in this business for. So, like, oh, God damn, that was sweet, man. It was sweet. And then not for nothing, it was there was a lot of people that didn't know me, the people on that wind side that never saw me work, that never saw, like, my my stuff. They're, they're in Long Island. They do their thing. And it went from, okay, Joey Conway is the guy that you said was the guy. I just fucked up those plans. Yes, sir. I just fucked up those plans. And this isn't just Richfield. This is going to be everywhere we go. And I'm going to produce more. I'm going to cut more promos. I'm going to storytell. I'm going to do more than any other guy on your roster. Like, that's just me. I'm, I literally cut six promos leading up to the wind show coming up. Mm-hmm. Six. Well, I'm cutting promos six different guys. It's just guys aren't doing that work. They're not putting in podcast work. They're not putting in the, the work that I'm doing. And they're not going out and killing the shows like I'm doing. Yeah. And it's crazy, man, because, like, that's this northeast scene between, like, the PA, Jersey, New York, like, and, and I, I hate I hate to say it, man. I hate to try to boost up my area more than anywhere else. But like the people who work in this five seven zero area, man, the people who that are doing the high tensions, the Smash Master wrestlings, the sanctuaries, and that are bre- branching out, man, they're hungry motherfuckers, man. And then when yeah. people come down here and get that vibe, and then they take it out, it's just like it's a different vibe. When you yeah. go up there, you know there's a lot of like chip on the shoulder kind of vibe and energy because there's not a lot of the PA guys getting out. Yeah, it's, that's just how it is. It's the New York guys, some Jersey guys that aren't considered backyarders. It's majority New York guys mixed with the Massachusetts guys. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to Massachusetts, it's all Massachusetts guys sprinkled with New York guys. Yep. So it's just it's like they don't really have room to sneak in, but you got some killers over there, bro. Yeah, you got killers like there's legit killers over there. I always say, man, Hawthorne, Hawthorne should be everywhere. He's a money player. It's just. The thing is with Hawthorne, it is a gimmick. It's hard to put gimmicks in places of realism. Mm-hmm. Me and him worked, and it was great at Invictus. But the moment he came out, it was like the, it was very one-sided. And that to the promoter is gonna go, okay, is this guy worth bringing in again? He's a guy that you gotta let him develop. Yeah, you gotta let him. And then what sucks too? So the I was crowd thinking, has to, the crowd has to learn him. Because he yes. could be face or he could be heel, but even, but but I guarantee he's made for TV. He's made. If for you TV. give him three or four spots on a show, he will win over your crowd. He develops. He develops in any kind of character. He, I've seen him play so many roles, mm-hmm. and he develops in every single role that he gets into. He's a made-for-TV guy. Like he needs to be on a episodic television show, like an NXT. Yeah, you get the same Conway. Grow. Conway would be beautiful for NXT. Oh my god, he would kill it. He would kill it. He's one of those guys, bro, that he just has that dog in him. Mm-hmm. There's that dog, like no matter what. Oh, you don't believe in me? You don't think I got it? Okay, I'm gonna show you I do. 
He reminds me a lot of me. Me and him are very similar and very different in a lot of aspects. But he has that same mentality I got. Like, no matter what, yeah, my belly might be a little bit big. I don't care if you got a six-pack. You're going to lose to me. Yeah. You don't have it. You don't have what I got. I have it. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love that. <laughs> Who are some other people on this scene that uh, that impress you, that you're watching, that you, that people should be knowing about? Oh, man. Nikolai White is one of those guys right now. He's heavy on my radar. He's just very young. Behind the scenes, there's, there needs to be some some growing up. Um, he just does some crazy shit. And it's like he accepts that something crazy is going to happen when he's in the building. But when he's in that ring, there's no denying him. Like, he needs to be on the X Division, on Impact, just destroying right now. Like, he's yeah. one of those guys. Um, Michael Fane's another guy that I got my eye on. He's killing it in Titan. He's killing it at Chosen. He's destroying the scene right now. Uh, Mike Skyros is another guy that I always watch that I feel like should be more places. Have you ever worked Skyros? No. No. Oh, we we got to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, me and Skyros put on. That'd be, a good, that'd be a good first Friday where you just show up on a sanctuary to Friday and just put it together. Just me and Sky. I'm down, bro. I'm down. I remember the first time I met him was at Test of Strength. And uh, this is when no one knew who the hell I was, right? So I show up and it was uh, Mike Skyros versus Pena. And I'm watching because I'm like, they're going to have a bad. Like, I know Pena. I've trained with Pena. Like Johnny Rod's guy. Like they're going to kill each other. Pena's going to bring it. And uh, they came back to a curtain, and they're talking about the match, and Pena sees me, you know, we're talking and talking about what could be, what's on the horizon, what's next. And Skyro goes, you're Johnny Rod's guy too? And I look at him and go, hell yeah. You got no clue what we can do in that ring together, bro. No clue. So he's one of those guys I've always had my radar on Mike Skyros, bro. Yeah, I love those first Fridays because we just, like, invite people down, and we're like, Trotsky, put these two together. And he's like, all right, I trust you. And then when you guys go out and do a match, and then on commentary, we're like, yes. Yes. Just have a banger. You just have a complete banger. Um, another guy that I always love, and I'm so glad he's finally out seeing. He's just getting his due diligence. Andre Polino. Oh, I love that kid, man. Even though I'm gonna kill him kid. in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, dude, him and Rocket. If you if you go go check out him and Rocket at San. Oh, I watched that. Friday. I watched oh, that match. Sank sick. Rocket's another guy. He can go with anyone. He can yeah. go with anyone on this planet, not just on the scene. Um, but Andre has. What I like to call the wrestler total package, he sells. No one out here sells. He draws emotion out of you, too. Yeah. Like, no one can, like, I love giving him choke slams and four Nelsons because, like, he's going to look like I killed him. <laughs> he's look like I killed him, bro. He's going to look like I killed him. And I love that about him. And I had told him because he's kind of under my wing at Chosen. I want to make sure he shines up. And I remember his first couple shows. The first show, we saw a lot at the tryout. And then the show, it was kind of like, mm, he did too much selling. And I had told him, I was like, you got to show some life. You got to show some fight. Put some offense in there, kick it to another gear. And when he did that, now all of a sudden he's on the top, Titan roster full time now. And his, and his offense looks believable, but his for his size that he could hurt you with it. Like his spin heel yes. kick is devastating looking. Bro, he does a super kick from standing on the mat to a guy that's on the top, bro. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. It's it's one of the best things I've seen. Those are a couple guys I have my eye on. There's a lot of guys I want to wrestle, of course, but there's a couple guys that I know that are on the watch right now. That's like yeah. oh, you got to keep track of the progress. Well, we are getting close to that time here, everybody. Uh, please get your questions in. This is the part of the, the show where I I open up to the chat. If you guys have a questions, please get them in there and uh, let's get let's get going. Uh, another one here. I know you're. Uh, talking about uh, here you go. I know you're talking about recruiting people. Then I gotta ask how to how the f did you let Jerry recruit Jerry? Uh, long story short, so I always try to like if I see a guy's heart's in the right place, and he really wants to like get. It, he reminded me a lot of Bougie. Yeah. Um, Bougie was making a lot of mistakes when he first got the Gleasons, and it was like, fuck. All right, stay with me. <laughs> Just stay with me. I'm gonna tell you what to do, and uh. Jerry was making a lot of mistakes, but he was putting his heart out there. And like that, I got to, like, you're you're a pure soul. So he ended up riding with me to a bunch of shows just to get that lesson under his belt. And, like, uh, if you're in that car and there's Prince Ahmed and PJ Savage talking about how to build up a main event, I can't let you ride with anyone else now. Because, like, that's information that's, like, sacred. You can't give that out. No. So he just kind of got stuck with us, and he's growing now. It's 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 awesome to see. It's awesome to see Jerry become the outcast, even though he's stealing all my moves. But uh, it's it's awesome. 
This is not a question, but speaking of Jerry, can you use this platform to tell him to grow his beard back? 100%. Never going to look like Jabba the Hutt again. I hated it. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? I was at the Rise show, man. It was like, what the hell is going on? But I love Jerry, man. I can't wait to see Jerry grow. He puts in a lot of work that no one sees. He does the flyering. He does the on-the-ground on footwork. And he's the reason I get to a lot of my shows. Like He's, he's that guy. I'd rather ride with him and no one else. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to give a quick plug here. Someone in the chat, Don, uh, uh, Savage always makes us a fantastic first impression. Uh, I want to give him some love. Don is also a podcaster himself. He does a great, great job. Yeah. And uh, th on th Tuesday the 6th, as of right now, I will be having on the first ever out of character, first ever podcast for this guy. We talked about a bunch on this podcast. Prince Ahmed will be coming oh, to the ABJ podcast. And he's only said he's doing two podcasts. So any other podcast listen out there, listen, you got to stay in line because the only two people getting that interview is myself and Don because the way we conduct ourselves in this business. Hey, Don, I'll put in a good word for you, Don. I'll put yeah. in a good word for you. I'll <laughs> so put in a good word for you. Huge props to Don. Make sure you go check out his podcast. I'm, if, if he's still in here, please put your links and stuff in there, and we'll plug him in there. If one of my moderators is here, go, go search him out. Um, also, we got in the chat here uh, Vince Torres saying, ABJ pulling out the big interviews. Always, baby. That's what I do. Um, if you can write a letter to your younger self, what would it, what would it say? <sighs> You're going to make mistakes and it's okay. Love that. It's, it's fine to make mistakes. It's, it's okay. It's a fuck up. I do um, all the time. <laughs> I would fuck up and I would like let it hold me back. Mm -hmm. I would like sulk in that for months. I remember I wanted to be a wrestler and then all of a sudden I was having a kid. Oh man, I just messed up my whole life. I can't be a wrestler no more. Like who said, bro? Like, you know, I, I stopped my, my wrestling journey twice. Um, because of the same reason. And uh, if I could go back in time, I'll tell myself that and just be like, just when you're 18, just go, go to Johnny Rods, go have fun. Yeah, long. Um, next one. What is some good advice for someone new to the business? Donnie Bambino. Go slow. If you think you're going slow, go slower. Like take your time, study a lot of Randy Orton. He teaches you how to just be methodical in the ring. Even with the promos He's one of those guys. And, uh, it's about the three letters of the brand you work with. It's not always about you. It's about the company. If you can get the company elevated, it's going to help you a lot. Like if yeah. you look at two instances with me, uh, Invictus, um, Invictus was a hard place to get into when I was first working on the scene. No one was at Invictus. It was one of those locked gatekeep companies. Um, Titan Championship Wrestling. It yeah. was a company where only like top level guys was going to be at. You know what I'm saying? And um, now I feel like I add something to the brands. I feel like I bring something to the table and I'm only going to grow more now. Like I want to be able to put my face on the poster and have you sell out 30 tickets or sell 50 tickets just because my face is on the poster because people want to see me there. But that's me doing it for the brand. Yeah. Yeah. But it's for me, but it's because I want to bring value. So you have to do things with the brand in, in mind and always do business. Always do business. That's exactly what I would tell anybody. Uh, not really a question, but I'll put it in there just because we'll take all the self-gratification we can. Jeanette in the chat says, my two favorite people, and we love you too. Natty Photography, everybody. Shout out to Jeanette. She's always make, She's always making us look amazing, even when we don't deserve to. Uh, yeah, just make sure you guys check out uh, PJ Savage. We'll be at uh, the, the Sanctuary on the 18th. Uh, if you cannot make it there live, please check it out live on YouTube at Sanctuary PATV on, on YouTube. Uh, I will be on the call. You, he will be in the championship match going for that Sanctuary title. Uh, and then Two years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can catch us again that next five, that same uh, following weekend on the 24th. We will be in. Uh, we'll be back in the Nut House. And yeah. IWA on the call, having some fun. I will be without Pete along that show, so that's going to be scary. Oh, that's going to be great. It's going to be yeah, interesting. That's terrifying. Uh, so I got to figure that out because I'm I, I'm 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 flying flying uh, solo without Papa Bird there. So I got to figure that out. How you gonna uh, do, bro? I think there's some tricks up the sleeve. Who's going to be joining me on commentary? So we'll see how that pans out. But uh, anywhere else you want to plug? Where can people find you, PJ? PJ and uh, all that Pete. closing stuff. Please go follow me on social media. Uh, the promo drops right after this podcast. Um, oh, Vince, Vince, that you touched my heart with that promo. Uh, Chosen Pro Wrestling is a special place for me, bro. It's it's a place where I get to be a teacher. I get to be creative, a promoter, and 
test the other side of the business. And our next show, show is June 10th, Hoboken, New Jersey, a new home for Chosen Pro Wrestling. And just go check that out. Go get those tickets. Come out to Chosen Pro Wrestling. If you want to see some hungry young guys perform and go to the next level, Chosen's where you're going to see them first. Um, the following week, I have win June 16th. Uh, I have Titan Championship Wrestling, TJ Marconi, um, June 17th, and then June 18th, I'm at the Sanctuary Championship match. Packed weekend that weekend, and the following weekend, I got two extra bookings there, IWA, me versus Lance Anoyai, match I've been dying for for a long time. Um, it just One of the things that bothers me about this match is that I'm a heel. I like bringing that, that Shane Taylor, PJ Savage out, where it's just, you know, I'm not a heel, I'm not a baby face, I'm just going to punch you in the face. So you might see me dab some of that out there, but you're definitely going to see the hill side of me. I like being the hill at IWA. Um, just go check out everything I'm doing, man. It's, it's some special things going on. Again, keep watching Philadelphia. There's going to be some special, special things happening. Uh, the storyline at Invictus between me and Bougie, now it's being Face on the 25th in a Jersey street fight. Me versus Face in a Jersey street fight. I don't know. This better be the main event because nothing else is going on after that one. No. <laughs> on after that one. You're not going to have a ring left. Oh, God. It's, we're going to get kicked out the building. That's for sure. Oh, can you imagine you guys take the ropes it. down mid-match? Like, Oh, no ropes. I don't want no ropes, Alex. Let's take them down. I don't want no ropes. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Go check me out all those did you see? Did you see Ricky Price's promo for Bougie for Smash Master? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Ricky he's like, is another guy. I like him a lot. I do, too. I, I mean, I hate him. That guy. Uh, anyway, uh, dude, that was funny. He's like, Poop Bougie, you're a chump. Rocket, you're a chump. Face, you're cool. <laughs> that was Bougie's turning on TakeOver promo. Yeah. Fuck Savage, fuck Jamie. No one fucks with Face. You're cool. Face is that pit bull, man. If, when, and listen, I love you, Savage. I know you're, you're, you're the, one of the top guys there and love all of you at that table. But uh, when, when, when Face realizes that he probably can kill everybody, uh, that's, a, that's a scary thing to look out for. Yeah, one when, of the when great face, things. When Face wants shiny objects and title belts, that's going to be a scary world for everybody in professional wrestling. That's an animal, bro. I told him that he has so much potential. But one of the great things about me and him wrestling is this is probably the first time he's wrestling a guy that's not afraid of him. Yeah, that's been in the ring with him countless times, and we've trained with each other for hours. And it's like, what are you gonna do? Hit me as hard as you can. I've already eaten that one. Yeah, we're gonna fall on some hard and objects. We're gonna have some fun, baby. It's gonna be a picture of violence. Uh, even though I'm not in wrestling yet, I always let myself know two things: that there's always a shout out, no matter where, what, and if you have a good match, a great match, or a bad match, you're your own worst enemy, dude. That's that goes for anything you do in life. Uh, if you're gonna start, if you're gonna start this podcast, I listen back and I go, man, I left something on the table here. I only have so many subscribers. Why am I not growing? It's any industry. If you're passionate about it, you're gonna beat yourself up over it. Yeah, and the old wrestler trick: when you think you have a good match, it was probably the shits. You have a yeah. bad match. It was probably really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for the interview. PJ, thank you so much for doing this. If you guys are listening back on the audio platform or even right now, if you're on Facebook, if you're on any of those platforms, head over to YouTube, head over to Twitch, follow me on those platforms. I think YouTube, I just surpassed 700 subscribers. I am the quest for 1K. If you are on those, hit likes. Likes help the algorithms. Hit the share button. Let people know what you thought of it. Uh, if you're listening on audio or you want to listen to more ABJ podcasts in the car, uh, any podcast platform, ABJ Podcast, you can leave reviews. That helps out a lot. Feedback. Let me know what you guys thought of it. Uh, towards the end of this interview, when the outro, outro music playing, if you want to write a little review, review right now, I'll post it in the chat. All, all that feedback is good. If you hated it, tell me. If you thought it was good, it was good. Tell me if, you, if I missed something. Uh, I, I appreciate all that. A lot of new faces in the chat, so I appreciate it and hope you guys stick around. Uh, I'll give you guys a little bit right now. So the sixth, Prince Ahmed, be on the podcast. Uh, the 12th, Jocko, will be on the podcast. Um, uh, the 20th rocket will be on the podcast. And then the 26th will be HC fucking Loke on the podcast. Oh, wow. And then we're going to end out the month on the, either the 29th or the 30th. I recorded a podcast at a local brewery with uh, Nubian bear. He's a rapper. Uh, he works All with right. a bunch of people. He's a very, very talented uh, musician. Uh, and then going into July, I'm still going to do wrestling interviews, but I am going to start mixing it up. I'm reaching out to musicians. I'm reaching out to podcasters. We're cool. gonna start. We're gonna start diving into the other on other venues and talking to some people. I still have a, a lot of spot for wrestlers, but uh, we are gonna start mixing it up. It's not just. I know it's the ABJ 
your podcast, but it's not just independent wrestling. That's just my love and where I'm out mostly at. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming. Make sure you check the links below to follow PJ Savage and come see us at some live shows. And we'll see you guys next time. Here's some outro music by the Converse Kid, Billy Trey. We'll see you on Tuesday with Prince Ahmed. <laughs>